On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. But we have this story today. This is the typical Thanksgiving text that is used every year if we were, if we were doing a Thanksgiving Eve service. This is the text we would use, but I thought it would be uh, we'd hit more voices if we, uh, we hit more people if we got it this morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is the, the Thanksgiving text, and in it, we have ten lepers who, are, who see Jesus at a distance and they call out, Lord, have mercy on us. And they call out from afar because when you're a leper, you need to let people know. People need to know about that because people aren't supposed to touch you. And there's ten of them. And they start hollering out and they're supposed to go around yelling, unclean, everyone back away, get away from me. You're not going to want to be around this. Because, of course, they thought leprosy was transmittable through touch. And uh, so they holler out to Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus doesn't even touch them. He says, go and show yourselves to the priest. And here's, here's what's going on here. Is in order for them to regain their place in society, right now, they were outside of Jewish culture, Jewish society, Jewish everything. They could not be with their families. They couldn't be in the inner city. They couldn't be, they, they had to be out in a colony outside of town and shunned by the rest of the world. And they would bring food and leave it somewhere and then leave. Uh, hopefully, they would bring food. If you were lucky, you would uh, get that. But if they were healed, they could go and see the priest, and the priest would perform a couple of rituals. You'd slip him a few bucks, and he would declare you clean and fit to rejoin society. So this is what Jesus was saying. Go show yourselves to the priest. And they all turned and went away, and as they went, they were cleansed. No more leprosy. It was all gone. And of course, nine of them picked up the pace a little bit <laughs> and went to go see the priest immediately. But one came back rejoicing, thanking God, falling on his face in front of Jesus, praising the Lord, giggling and laughing in the utter ecstasy of his newfound lease on life and just filled with joy and gratitude and he was a samaritan and that's a significant point jesus does this thing of 
of making a, the Samaritan the hero in a lot of his stories, which I, I don't know what the equivalent of that be, but Jews and, uh, Jews and Samaritans didn't really get along at all. It, it would be kind of like some people's attitude, the, the Jewish attitude in Jesus' day towards Samaritans would be a little similar to some people's attitude in this country toward Muslims. It would be similar to that. Uh, and so Jesus is constant. It's like going a Catholic and a Baptist and a Muslim were walking along, and then they tell the story, and the Muslim is the guy who's the hero, who does the right thing. Jesus does this over and over again, and does it in this case as well. It's the Samaritan who comes and rejoices and gives praise to God and is filled with gratitude. And here's the thing, here are nine, here are ten lepers. And what you got to recognize is that as far as society was concerned, they were dead and unseen and unclean. And they probably felt themselves that they were dead to the world and just waiting to die. It was as if every hope, every dream, Every thought of a future was wiped out when those sores started to appear. And they were hurried out of town. Everything was gone. And then, in an instant, all hope was back again. The whole world was in front of them. They could go back to their family. They could go back to their home. They could go back to a job. They could live life again. Jesus literally raised them from the dead. And they wanted to go back and hurry as fast as they could to get their life back. All of them did. All ten of them did. And they, nine of them went and immediately pursued that. Let's get back our lives. But only one stopped long enough to come back and praise Jesus. Which Jesus asks, were not ten made clean? Why just this one foreigner comes back to praise God? And I think the answer to that question, which we, don't, we weren't given in the text, but I think the answer to that question has something to do with the fact that nine people that day were healed, but one was transformed. Nine were healed of a debilitating disease. Nine were left out of society and all of a sudden they have an avenue back in. And what they wanted to do was go back to normal. They just wanted to go back to their normal lives. Can't I, I just, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go back. I'm going to put on my old clothes. We're going to go eat at my favorite restaurant. And I'm just going to get back into the swing of my life. I'm going to go back to work. And everything is It's going to be like my leprosy never happened. Thank you. Jesus, they said in their minds, not with their lips, and uh, they just they wanted to get back to normal. In fact, I dare say 
when leprosy struck, I think leprosy, leprosy struck, all of a sudden they were hanging out with Samaritans. What's that all about, right? They had the nine of them there, and they got one Samaritan. I didn't see anyone scoffing at that, because they're all lepers. I think leprosy is kind of like Air Force basic training, right? In basic training, you go in, so, uh, you know, when I, w- I remember when I first left for our Air Force basic training, uh, you're looking around the bus, and there's, you know, you can, na- you can label people. Oh, there's a cowboy, there's a metalhead. Uh, there's a hoity-toity old money kid. Uh, there's there's a religious guy. There's the not religious guy. <laughs> you know, and you start figuring out who 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 are the ones I might relate to, right? Who are the one and who are the ones I'm going to stay away from? Well, and then they do this thing at five in the morning. They go and they shave your head and they dress you all alike, and you don't remember who was what, right? <laughs> So all of a sudden you're left with just their character to base your judgment on. And uh, I thought that was, a, it was an amazing moment. It was an amazing time. I made a lot of friends I wouldn't normally have made friends with because we were all in the same boat. Leprosy is kind of like that, right? All of a sudden you're making friends you wouldn't think you ever would. I wonder if these nine former lepers went back to shunning Samaritans went back to not speaking to Samaritans, went back to bad-mouthing Samaritans, and completely forgetting the experience they had had. One, however, was never going to go back, recognized that what happened would never allow him to go back to normal again. That this was a new life, a new creation, a transformation that would change him forever. He once was dead, but now he's alive. And the glory and the miracle and the joy of that was realized on a new level. And he didn't want to go back to normal. He wanted to embrace this new life fully. So he went to the source of that new life, Jesus Christ. Praising God, giving Him glory, and choosing to follow Jesus the rest of his life an appropriate response to the transformative power to the healing power of a relationship and an encounter with jesus amen this one leper sought not just healing not just a return to normal but a complete and utter transformation And I think what this story offers us is a glimpse of the potential for your faith life and my faith life. Sure, we can have a faith that gets us through the hard times. In fact, I know (laughs) I've been observing a couple of teenagers lately who every time they get in trouble do a lot of praying. And then when the trouble's passed, they do a lot of other stuff. (laughs) But when they're in trouble, 
they do a lot of praying. <laughs> and, and when they're in really bad trouble, they ask me to pray. <laughs> but that doesn't last very long. <laughs> sure, it's great to have a faith that makes you feel warm and fuzzy on Easter and Thanksgiving and, and uh, Christmas and all of those. Sure, it's great to have a faith that you roll out uh, every once in a while uh, when people are con- when the missionaries show up at your door all of a sudden you're Baptist right and <laughs> sorry I got I got it already I got I'm, I'm Baptist so right sure it's great to have a faith uh, that you can that you can claim and lean on and hold on to in difficult times but Jesus offers us so much more than that Our faith can be so much bigger, so much more transformative, so much more effective, so much more than we could even imagine. We're talking about, we have a, we, we hold on to maybe a, a human sized faith when Jesus says, I want to offer you a God sized faith. Not only a faith that transforms who you are, not only a, f- a faith that makes your blind self see or your deaf self hear or your dead self raised from the dead into new life, but a transformative relationship with Christ that, not, that goes beyond just who you are and changes the world around you through you. Amen? A transformative relationship with Christ that transforms you and, praise Jesus, some of the people around you. And the world we live in to be a better reflection of the kingdom of God. I guarantee you this one Samaritan leper made it his business to tell everyone he knew about the transformative power of Jesus Christ. And he invited, I'm sure, many around him into new life as well. I think we miss out. I think we miss out when we try to compartmentalize our faith over here. We say, I got baseball, right? I've got hunting and fishing, quilting, whatever. (laughs) Uh, You know, my TV shows right here, Uh, work, family, Jesus. Doesn't work that way. It's Jesus. And everything else kind of goes inside that box, right? (laughs) And that's what's being offered to us. And when we embrace this transformative relationship with Christ, I don't have to stand here and tell you it's time to be thankful. We don't have to mark a day on the calendar to say this is the day when we express gratitude. Because one cannot help. And that's why one came back and the others left. One, when one has been transformed into a new creation in Christ, one does not need to be told, tell them thank you now, like my mother does to me. Tell them thank you. You don't need that. It is a natural outcropping of this incredible and transformative experience with Christ. Gratitude is a byproduct of an encounter with Jesus Christ. Amen? And like this one guy, we too will find it natural 
And in fact, we will find ourselves compelled toward gratitude and thanksgiving. On this Thanksgiving, as you gather with your family, as you dwell and think about those things that you are grateful for, as you acknowledge and recognize that the faith God offers us I encourage us all to recommit ourselves to a transformed life. One that is filled with gratitude all the time. And all that comes with that. Let us pray. Great and loving God, we thank You so much for all the ways in which You reach out to us. And You love on us. And You transform us. And You create in us a new being. May we embrace the fullness of that. May our faith grow and instill within us grateful hearts. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.